The comments heard on The View from a Pew are those of Mac McCoy and are not necessarily the opinions of his guests, his producer Garth, any one particular denomination or religion, the church lady, Mr. Lemke, Pastor Craig, or anyone else of sound mind and body. Now here is today's The View from a Pew, heard all around the world on YouTube. Just search for The View from a Pew. Thank you, Emily, and thank you to you for tuning in today, either on your radio, a local radio station, or on your podcast. And we have so many places that we are on our podcast. Uh, Garth, our producer, has just done an amazing job. And here are just a few of them. Now, I will name them off, but if you go to one of our webcasts on YouTube, uh, you will see them all listed. Uh, see if I say yours. See if I see call yours out. Apple, Amazon Music, Podchaser, Pocket Cast, Podcast Addict, Spotify, Podcast Index, Castro, one of my favorite favorites, Deezer, Listen Notes, Cast Box, not Cash, Cast Box, Overcast Player FM, um. Good Pods, Pod Friend, and of course our RSS feeds, which are also heard on several platforms live on um, Facebook and also on YouTube. So, as we have been doing for the last couple of weeks, we're coming down to the stretch of Chapter 7 and uh, struggling with sin, starting in 14 and going through the end. But before we get to the, the big part here with 23, uh, my co-host, Theo, an alumnus of Dallas Theological Seminary. If you'd start us with a prayer, please, Theo. Thank you, Mac. Let's bow our hearts. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to study Romans together. Thank you for the good news, the gospel. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, rose on the third day according to the scriptures. And in that process, he gave us the free gift of salvation through faith only. And now may everything we say and do be honoring to you. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so starting with chapter uh, 7, and uh, Monday we started with verse 21, I have discovered the principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what's wrong. And then 22, I love God's law with all my heart. And then we get to that one word, and, and wait till Theo helps we, uh, us all to understand how powerful the word but is. Oh, my gosh. And it, is it, an, go ahead, Mac. Well, I was just going to say, but there is another power within me, and that is the war in my mind. So what is he, yeah, uh, talk to us about the word but. Okay, well, Mac, you and I have been studying Romans together for years, and we often talk about the first word of the most important chapter in Romans. And uh, I'm not sure, chapter, but for most important paragraph in Romans, which is 321 through 326. And it starts off with the word but. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For all those who believe, for there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And here's the most important verse. Being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption 
which is in Christ Jesus. And so, Mac, that most important paragraph starts with but, and here we have this great word, but. <laughs> and because it makes this, this so important contrast, and what he's contrasting here is with the, law, the nomos, the law, in the members of his body, so you see it associated with his flesh, compared to the nomos of God in his inner man. So here's that contrast we've seen. We've been talking about these principles that are at tension and are virtually at war with each other in our bodies. We've talked about the principle of evil. And before we've contrasted that with the principle of gravity and how that is to be contrasted with the principle of aerodynamics, which can lift things up beyond the principle of gravity. And so we see this this tension. This, and he even here uses a metaphor of war. He says, waging war against the law of my mind, which would be that part of him that's lined up with the law of God. And, and he says, it's making me a prisoner of the law of sin. Now, to me, what he's talking about here is that the... The principle of evil in him is so strong that he is not literally a prisoner, but it's as if he were a prisoner. And let me give you an example of this. R.C. Sproul, you mentioned him a couple of weeks ago, back or days ago, is just a wonderful man, a great spiritual leader. He passed away not too long ago, but he he has written, he has a book out on the Book of Romans. And in that book, he describes how the principle, the nomos of his flesh, controlled him with a nicotine addiction for about 30 years after he had become a justified believer. Mm. Did you know that? I had heard that, but I think I heard it from you. Well, it's in his book. Yeah. And, and isn't that analogous to all of the rest of us? It's different for some people it's nicotine, some people it's this, some people it's that. But we have this ever-present principle of our flesh, and here in verse 21 he calls it evil, uh, or the different law in the members of our body that's constantly, incessantly, inexplainably pressing on us to do the things we don't want to do. And it ends up then that when we do the things we don't want to do, we actually become imprisoned to that. I mean, mm. talk to anybody that's been smoking for 30 years, and they'll mm. tell you they're a prisoner to nicotine. Yep. A slave to nicotine, too. A slave too. to it. Yeah. And, and that's a word that we're going to get into a little bit here in the next couple days. And it's a powerful word. But in 23, God says, or uh, I'm sorry, um, Paul says, but there's another power within me that make, that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin, and yeah. that is still within me. Let's talk about, Theo, what a slave is. Okay. That's what a is a slave? What is a slave? The idea of slavery, when Paul wrote this, was not like the idea of slavery that we experienced in the United States back in the 1700s, the 1800s, and, uh, of course, that we had emancipation in the 1800s. So 
that was that was primarily based on racial distinction. And the idea of slavery here in the Bible, for the most part, was not based on racial distinction, but it was based on either someone who had been defeated in war and became a, a person who was under the mastery of a if, of a winning country, or the most common one was the bond slave. The bond slave was someone who voluntarily agreed to be under the under a master for economic reasons, not unlike employer-employee relationships today, except employer-employee relationships today have many more more rights and um, uh, latitude for the employee than you would have back then. But probably over 30% of the population back at the time the Bible was written here, this book of Romans, 30% of the population was probably involved in some kind of bond slavery, bond slavery. And by the way, Romans starts right off, and Paul says, Paul, a bond servant of Christ Jesus. So he even describes himself as a bond slave to Christ. So, so the idea of slavery then had to do with someone having mastery or authority to control the way someone lived their life. So that's the idea of slavery we're, we're talking about here now. And so it depends on what kind of slavery you're referring to. If you were a slave that was defeated in war, it would be more akin to someone who was a slave in the United States uh, under racial slavery. But if you were a bond slave, then, for example, you could go and, and somehow get money from someone and they could redeem you. For money, they could just buy you right out of your slavery, and that was a, one of the reasons Paul uses the word redemption so much, because that was one way to get out from underneath your slavery. So it wasn't forever, and it, it could be it could be changed with the exchange of some kind of a redeeming price. But what he's saying here is that that my flesh here in verse 23, my flesh is so strong that it has, in some cases, like an addiction, it has overcome me. Yeah. It has overcome me. I have the power of the Spirit in me. I have the mastery to defeat this, but I just haven't been able to do it. Plain and simple. And I'm a prisoner to it, just like just like R.C. Sproul with his nicotine addiction for 30 years. Paul, Here's what Paul's probably saying. I am so much a prisoner to coveting, at least in part, that I just can't seem to overcome it. I'm a prisoner to it. Yeah, I remember when um, um, when I first read this, and that I am a slave to sin. And as a as a journalist, I think once you're a journalist, you're always a journalist. But I I do not uh, do much journalism now, other than auditory, um, you know, here on the radio. But um, as a journalist, that that word is is a dangerous word. Um, I think it always has been. I mean, here's Paul going back to 60, 70 A.D., and he's writing this. So 2,000 years ago, that was a tough word because it means you don't have any freedom. 
It means you don't have any choice. And so if I'm a slave to, to, to Theo, that means that I'm basically his robot. I am basically his slave, that I will do whatever he asks me to do. Or he doesn't even need to ask me. He doesn't even have to use please and thank you. He can just say, do this. Well, when we read Paul's words that we are a slave to sin, wow. That puts it in a perspective that if I'm a slave to sin, if I'm a slave to sin, I I can't help myself. It is it is as you have talked about, like being a slave to nicotine. It it mm-hmm. controls that part of your life. Uh, alcoholics become a slave to alcohol, and they 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 plan their day around it. That was one of the most bizarre things I learned when I first started going to twelve step meetings. Is alcoholics plan their day around when they can drink. Now, if that doesn't define slave, I don't know what does. Uh, you make a really good point here, Mac, but let's let's make sure we all understand theologically what happened when we became justified. And we're going to do that tomorrow when we kick okay. off the show. The View from a Pew here on your local radio station and also online at YouTube and Facebook. Just search for The View from a Pew. And thanks to Divine Truth Christian Stores, uh, DivineTruthChristianStores.com for their sponsorship, and thank you for listening.